Warning! Deep Fix contains adult content and language. So if you don't touch processed foods but eat gummy bears, this may not be for you. And now, Deep Fix. Hello, and welcome to Deep Fix Podcast, where we get a fix of all of our favorite obsessions. I'm your host, Jen B. And this season, we've been going back to the beginning of the epic Real Housewives of New York City, seasons one through three. And this episode, we're breaking down season two, episode three, On Their High Horses. Now, let's get our fix. Season two, episode three, On Their High Horses, is truly a filler episode, unlike the previous episode, which really was more of a, it was a filler episode, but it was done in such a way where we got a lot of background on the ladies. This is a true filler episode in the fact that there's really not much by way of the of background of getting to know who the women are outside of the relationships with the other housewives. Because this episode is one of the first that truly is just about the women hanging out together and what goes on while they hang out together. So there's not much by way of background of who these women are to their core, but there are some nuggets of foreshadowing that are dropped throughout. So we'll get there. But because they got the green light for season two and a proper season two, you're going to have more than seven episodes. So we're going to see as the seasons go on, you get more of these types of episodes, which is really a transition to get you from one set of drama to the next. But what I love about these early years, again, although the women are hanging out together, there's still an authenticity about the fact that they have interesting lives that we're getting to see outside of just them in a room fighting with the other wives. And it's that authenticity which makes these beginning episodes of Roni so pivotal and fun to watch. And it's why they became the prototype for the Housewife franchise. And you can see people are yearning for, for the fun that it used to be, for the way the old show used to be. Even Bethany Frankel on her podcast, Just Be With Bethany, this week and last week, she has been doing opening each of her shows with a five to 10 minute recap of her time on Real Housewives and kind of coming back and forth because she returned to Housewives for a bit. And even she mentioned the fact that you can see the lack of authenticity in the show these days. So with that, let's jump right into Turtle Time with a quick summary of the episode. This episode opens with Bethany taking Jill, Luann, and Ramona to the beach for surf lessons, which of course only she and Luann get in the water and actually try to surf, and Bethany ends up paying, which of course she lets us know. We also see her attend a detox day with Jill and Luann, and we see she and Jill get ready for the Hamptons tea dance and then attend the party together. And then we end with all the ladies, minus Ramona, at the Hamptons Classic, where Luann's daughter is writing. And we get to see some interesting interactions with Bethany and Kelly, and also Bethany commenting on Luann and her marriage and some of the things that's going on there. 
But overall, for Bethany, it really is just a Hampton summer party, light, fun episode. As for Jill, and no surprise, we see a lot of Jill and Bethany together, but we see Jill, of course, go to the surf lesson with Bethany, but she doesn't surf. We do see her also, though, hang with Ramona a little bit more. We see that she, Luann, and Ramona have lunch where they begin talking about Jill's charity creaky joints uh, for rheumatoid arthritis, which her daughter Allie has. And then we get to hilariously see her hate exercising through the detox day that Luann invites her and Bethany to. And then also, though, partying and getting ready for the tea dance with Bethany and Luann. And then finally, after Ali returns from Paris, we get to see her at the Hamptons Classic with all the ladies, minus Ramona again, with some of the foreshadowing and little nuggets that are thrown out there for us. So as for Luann, like I said, she joins the ladies surfing. She doesn't pay. We get a little bit more of just her family. Rosie, who's been in the Philippines, arrives back from her vacation, which of course she's then immediately put back to work. She goes to lunch with Ramona and Jill, where they talk about the Creaky Joints charity. But we also see her athletic side, not only in the surf lessons, but at the detox day where she apparently bid at the American Cancer Society and she won it, invited Jill and Bethany. Even Bethany says, you know, I anticipated Luann to to be into the workout thing like I am. She's she's competitive. She's she's fit. She's a jock. We also see her uh, gunning up for her etiquette and manners book, uh, Class with the Countess, because she conveniently throws a party for Victoria, her daughter, who will be going away to uh, boarding school. She throws her a party at the Hamptons Classic, a little table that she gets, a little lunch they're going to have where she can school her daughter and all of her friends on manners and etiquette at the table. I mean, it's every teenage daughter's dream. And then, of course, we see her at the Russell Simmons party that we see Jill and Luann attend as well. But then to me, the nuggets that are dropped for Luann happen in the final scene where all the ladies are there. And it's Victoria, her daughter, she's writing and showing at the Hamptons Classic. And the Count is nowhere to be found. She's on the phone trying to get a hold of him and then finally does. You can tell there's tension. Even Bethany comments that for someone whose motto is to never let him see it sweat, you know, it's it's an interesting happens, happenings of events. So sad for the Countess, but I do think it's a nugget that's dropped. And then as for Ramona, she goes to the surfing lesson as a cheerleader. We see what great shape she's in as she's there in her bathing suit. And as Jill comments, she's also shockingly invited to lunch with just Jill and Luann, where Jill's talking about her charity, but also where Ramona makes it very clear that she won't have anything to do with Alex and Simon. We also see her try to support Kelly at the Hamptons Classic when she's riding, but typical Kelly gives her a bit of the cold shoulder and acts strange. But to her credit, Ramona showed up. And then as I mentioned, she attends the Russell Simmons event where Luann and Jill also are. And Mario, her husband, tries to set up a tennis match with Jill and Ramona, Mario, and then a partner he would bring for Jill. But of course, Jill is not having it. And then as for Alex, although she's kind of a small part of the episode, it's incredibly impactful because get ready for some of the series' most creepy Simon sightings. This is what Simon sighting number 9,756, but it's some of the most egregious. So hold on to your hats. We see them. They're still at the Hamptons house that they rented for the sum for I, I couldn't tell if it was a couple weeks, a, a weekend, the amount of um, things that they're doing. It's got to be at least for a week. 
But part of that rental uh, package was spa treatments. The owner, remember, was a previous spa owner. And Simon, my God, he's in full creepy mode. I mean, before where it's it's like hints of creepy, this is just full on fucking disgusting. Anyway, we'll get there too. But it's unforgettable. Ugh, I'm feeling the heat. Y- y- you'll know what I'm saying. Anyway, lastly, we've got Kelly. We see most of her most of her scenes uh, revolve around she's competing at the Hamptons classic uh, classic horse show. It's it's over a couple of days, and of course, the first day that we see she falls off of her horse. But the second day she rallies, she does a much better job. But of course, she also managed manages to act like a total prima donna bitch to Ramona, who coincidentally Kelly did invite to attend. It's epic. And then lastly, she joins the ladies in the final scene where Victoria is riding at the Hamptons Classic and Luann's husband is a no-show. Okay, that does it for Turtle Time. So let's jump right into mentioning it all about season two, episode three, On Their High Horses. This episode opens up with surf lessons in the Hamptons, of course. It's summertime still, where it's only episode three. And we've got Bethany, Jill, Luann, and Ramona. Interesting, there's no Alex. I'm wondering when it was that they filmed. And it looks like Bethany invited them. She says she mentioned to Luann that she should come surfing with her. She's going to take some lessons. And then, as Bethany points out, Ramona really just showed up to cheerlead. Maybe she's going to surf. And then she says, Jill, basically, though, she showed up just to look like Maude. For those of you who don't know, Maude is a TV show from the 70s starring none other than the B. Arthur. Check it out if you haven't. But as Bethany is saying that, we pan to Jill, who is wearing like a pink, white, black, poochy muumuu of sorts. And as Bethany points out, she's also wearing $30,000 worth of jewelry to the beach. And Bethany says she looked like a fruit salad. I don't know if fruit salad was the right word, but definitely a poochie-clad, muumuu-wearing New York City socialite. It was pretty funny. So Bethany, Luann, and Ramona take the lesson on the beach, but then only Bethany and Luann go out to actually try surfing in the ocean. So Ramona and Jill hang back. They're on the beach. They're watching. They're cheering them on. And I got to say, I think Ramona's a bit more of a positive cheerleader than Jill is. And then we see Jill and Ramona are kind of walking up and down the beach. Ramona has just her tank top on, but her bikini bottoms on. And she's fit as hell. She looks fantastic. And of course, Jill comments. She tells her, you, you've got 18-year-old legs. What are you doing? What's your secrets? What can you tell me? And of course, Ramona says she can tell her all the beauty and body secrets. And really, she goes back to the lunges and squats, which she always says what keeps her legs and her, her butt looking so good. And I think Ramona's also sweet to Jill in this moment. She throws her bone because Jill puts herself down and says she looks terrible. And Ramona's like, you look great. Stop it. And then we get a great montage of Bethany and Luann. They're out there trying to surf. And Bethany says, I feel like I brought my mother. And we see Jill on the beach. Do you need water? Are you tired? You know, it looks like you might need to come in. I think it's time to just come in and have a rest. She's all over it. And so they wrap up surfing. They come in. There's a very quick moment, but Luann's a bit bitchy to Ramona, kind of passive aggressive as they leave. She kind of does that thing where she's like, oh, yeah, maybe next time you'll join. Yeah, no. And then she just kind of walks away like she's got nothing really to say to you and and a lot better, better things to do than hang out with you. And then we see Bethany in the parking lot. She walks over, asks the surf instructor, Shane, who she calls by name, how much do I owe you? 
She pays for them. He says, like, 125 a lesson. She pays for it. And, of course, Luann, as they were going up, she goes the other way. And Bethany says to Ramona, why am I the poorest and I'm always the one paying? And then we see Bethany impersonating Luann. Oh, darling, someone's got to go get us a drink. Bethany's like, what the fuck? Am I a waitress? No. And I think you, I think this is the first sign that the countess-like behavior is starting to wear on Bethany. And Ramona sees it, too. And I think it gives her an in to kind of admit that it's wearing on her a bit as well. And it's we start to see a change as well with Bethany. She's not so ass-kissy with Luann. As much as Bethany can be an ass-kisser, you know. But I also think it's to be expected. She's gaining in popularity. I think she's aware that she doesn't need these women to prop her up as part of this society because she's being accepted most most of all because she's not part of them. She's relatable. And the scene ends with Bethany saying to Ramona, I think that's how you get rich. I think. I think you just make everyone else pay for your stuff. That's how you get rich. And the scene ends. And then we cut to Luann's beautiful Hamptons house. She, the Count, and the kids are in the house. The Count's about ready to go pick up Rosie, who is coming in on the jitney. The kids are going to go with him. They're excited to see her. Luann is doing the dishes. Noelle's on crutches. So we see, we have a voiceover where Luann's saying how they just can't get by without Rosie. And then Rosie and the Count and the kids arrive She's been in the Philippines for a month. She looks great. She's grown her hair out. She's got makeup on. She's lost a bunch of weight. And she's even wearing a super cute outfit. And Luann notices immediately. She's like, whoa, Rosie, what have you done? How did you lose all this weight? And then we hear Luann, do they have the zone in the Philippines? (laughs) Which the zone was this fad diet back in the day. It's like a split between carbs, protein, fat, like a 40-30-30 split. But really, guys, just FYI, it's the basics We're reducing carbs and calorie restriction. So you're being sold the same thing over and over. And that's our public service announcement on diets. (laughs) Anyway, Luann also tells Rosie they have a new pet, a betta fish named Rainbow. And Rosie's so sweet. You hear her say, you look good, Mrs. D. And then Luann, she's such a narcissist at times. She goes, yeah, yeah, thanks, Rosie. I was waiting for a compliment. It's like, God, Luann. But Luann says, you must be tired. Are you jet lagged? Which Rosie says, of course. She says, okay, well, we're just going to take it easy today. But first things first, uh, I want to get you down to the laundry room just to show you what's going on down there. So then we go, I think it looks like it's down in the basement. We see Luann's laundry room, which I feel like is one of the only times she allows something like that to be seen, a bathroom, a master bedroom, a laundry room. But we see her laundry room. It's really cute. It's got black and white checked floors, two sets of washers and dryers, which in my opinion, that's luxury. And she kind of shows her the mess that is the laundry room shows her some stuff that needs to be ironed. And then she goes off and she's going to go play tennis with Victoria. And we see them outside on the beautiful grounds of that Hamptons house. Noel is driving around in an ATV. Luann explains what a better time to get it for him. He hurt his leg. He's on crutches. At least now he can get around and have fun for a while. And then we see Rosie. She's, as I said, she's just so sweet. She brought presents for everybody from the Philippines. She brought Luann a really beautiful bracelet. She brought the kids a bunch of goodies. And Noel is so sweet and grateful in this moment. I feel like it's almost like he's making up for his parents. You know, he's so desperate to have a family. I'm sure his parents are fighting behind the scenes. They're close to divorce here. We just don't know it. And also, I think he so appreciates Rosie treats them like her own children. And so he's very connected and he's so sweet. And, you know, gosh, this is just what I need. It's he's I love that scene. I think he it just shows what a good soul he has. 
And the scene ends, you know, with them, they're opening presents, they're happy that Rosie's back home, and they're all hanging out in the Hamptons. So the next scene opens up at Pierre's in the Hamptons. It's a restaurant, a French restaurant, clearly. And Luanne knows the owner. She walks in. She's speaking French, of course. She's with Jill. They sit down and they're talking about Ramona, who's going to be joining them, and how she is being nicer to Jill. But of course, Jill, in her skeptical way, says, well, we'll see how long that lasts. So then Ramona arrives. She explains that Mario just won a national tennis tournament. I believe he's just joined the 55 and ups. And he is nationally ranked. He was he was apparently a pretty big tennis deal in his time. And then Luann announces that Victoria is going to be going off to boarding school in the fall. And Ramona, because of course, she just can't hide her feelings. She's shocked at the concept. Ramona explains to Luann that she would never want to just, you know, send her kid away. She wants to share, you know, nightly stories about their day and hug them and kiss them and be able to check in and be a part of their daily lives. And I think this is a little bit more of the Luann-Ramona battle beginning. Ramona, she she does just say it like she feels, I have to say, give her credit for, because she says, I just can't relate. You know, is there something lacking in your home life, which would make her want to leave? Of course, Luann says, no, you don't understand. It's about education. It's a history. And Ramona says, well, I've got my daughter in one of the top private schools here in New York City, and she's getting a great education, but I don't have to send her away. And we see Luann's confessional saying that regardless of what Ramona says, she isn't the person that she'd go to for advice on educating her daughter. Another just low blow to Ramona. So we cut back and we see Luann. She's still trying to defend it. She's saying it's only two hours away. And Ramona's saying, but yeah, you can't share memories every night. And then we see Jill's confessional where she's explaining that Ramona should just keep her mouth shut because it's not her business, which is rich coming from Jill because she has an opinion about everybody's business. And just as a side note, I love watching these these restaurant scenes where they're eating because you can see if you pay attention to when there's food and when there's drinks... In terms of what's sitting on the table, you can catch how the conversation is patched together and not in the order in which it was done in in person. So I was noticing, you know, it looks like Jill ordered a Caesar salad. It looks like maybe a Caesar salad and French fries, because I I do see her eating French fries in one scene. The Countess, of course, it looks like she ordered some sort of lobster plate and Ramona ordered like an ahi tartare kind of a thing. But as they're talking, at times there's food in front of them, sometimes there's not. At one point, you can actually see the waiter showing up with the food. Just something I notice. So as they're eating, Jill then brings up the Creaky Joints charity that she is going to be starting. Remember, her daughter Allie has rheumatoid arthritis. And so this is going to be Jill's charity. She's asking Ramona and Luann to help. And Ramona says, remember, I talked to you about this. I'm doing a benefit. I don't know how much of my time I can commit. Jill explains um, that Alex is also a graphic designer and she had done something for an invitation in the past and she's really good. And she was going to ask her to help on this project as well. And Ramona, of course, quickly jumps and says, sorry, but I am not doing anything with Alex and Simon. She's like, Jill, I've told you those two, they make my skin crawl or he makes my skin crawl. I'm over it. And then Jill, she goes, well, yeah, people do say they're creepy. People do tell me that. (laughs) It's like, I love how she's probably would say she didn't say anything mean about them. Yeah, that's pretty mean. And then we cut to Ramona's confessional. We see her. She says, they're just not real. I think they're a sham. I don't want anything to do with them. And now we see the ladies have been to lunch for a while. Ramona says, okay, of course I'll help. She goes, I think my daughter even has a rheumatoid thing. 
we see Jill's confessional where she says the fact that her daughter has it and she didn't even connect the dots is disturbing. So you can clearly see Jill really isn't over the Ramona Jill battle as much, of course, as she'll claim that she didn't take any shots. And so Jill finally says, look, I agree with you on the Alex and Simon thing, but if she can help, there is no reason why we shouldn't take her help. And Ramona says, yeah, but then isn't she going to come to the event? And then is she likely going to bring her husband? Which Luann says, of course, I don't think Simon likes to miss a party. They all laugh. It looks like everything's going to be on board. Ramona's going to help. And they leave Pierre's. We open back up on the Grey Goose Manor. Clearly, Grey Goose Vodka has been sponsoring this little retreat thing. It's a detox boot camp. We see Luann explaining that she bid on this little day of, you know, detox and self-care at the American Cancer Society event. We saw that event, remember, uh, last episode. And so she invited Jill and Bethany to do the boot camp with her, which is so funny because as we see, it's like a workout, you know, day of exercise and self-care. Jill self-admittedly never works out, so it's funny that they wouldn't have just invited Ramona, but again, Luann is, she's taking slights at Ramona and definitely wants to be seen as better than her, so I don't think she's going to invite her as a friend to a thing she bid on at the uh, the charity event. So we see Jill explaining that she's nervous because she never works out, and as they start to get into the workout, Bethany is explaining in her confessional that this was a hardcore workout, and this is back to her days in L.A., And then we also see Bethany say, but I could hear Jill behind me grunting, complaining. It was hilarious. And then we see Jill's confessional where she's like, I've got these two jocks with me. I can't keep up. It's so great. And so to juxtapose that day of wellness, we cut to Alex. She's still at the house that they rented in the Hamptons and she is getting massages. She She and Simon are. Apparently, it's part of the package. The owner, formerly the owner of the house, used to own uh, spas in New York, I guess, in New York City. And so she does massages as part of the package of renting her house and other treatments. So Simon and Alex are sitting at, it looks like, probably the dining table, the kitchen nook table. Of course, Simon is shirtless. I think he's naked. He's just wrapped in a towel. Alex, of course, is like in a bathing suit cover-up thing. She's not naked in a towel. They're sitting at the, the dining room table. And Alex is, again, she's kind of covering for the fact that they don't spend money on those things by saying she can't remember the last time she's had a massage because, you know her, she's usually getting a wax and a blowout at the same time, looking at her watch, thinking she doesn't have the time for it. So again, it's just, it, whatever. But then, of course, we see Simon's confessional and his approaches. You know, he has tons of, of um, spa treatments. Anyway, they the first the beginning is Gina, the owner, she takes them to her sauna that she has and she's they're going to stay in there for a little bit. She gives them some water. They sit in the sauna and we see Simon's confessional where he says, well, of course, it was awesome to have five minutes alone in a hot, dark, steamy room with Alex. So here we go. We're beginning the creepiness and it just that ain't nothing yet, guys. Just wait. But I got to say, Gina, the owner of the house, she's weird, too. So she she was weird from the first time we met her. I believe, what what does uh, Bethany call her? Some weirdo. Uh, and anyway, Bethany, you know, even Bethany picks up on how weird she is. She opens the sauna to let them out and says, oh, you're sweating, Simon. Gotta get all those poisons out. I don't know. Bizarre. So Simon goes first. Alex stays in the sauna. We see Simon explaining in his confessional that just because he's had loads of treatments over the years does not make him gay. 
So he's getting prepped for the body wrap. He's laying there with just like a little towel over his groin. And he puts his hands behind his head. And he says to Gina, well, I've never had a body wrap, so I have no idea what's going to happen to me. With this creepy smirk on his face. It's just like, I don't know. To me, red flag, super inappropriate from the jump. So then we cut to Gina. She's explaining the detox in her little voiceover in front of the house. Then we cut back. She's getting hot towels prepared. Then he says to her, I suppose it will be hot everywhere but my groin area. And you can tell her back's to him at that point. She's kind of like, so she turns around and this is where I'm like, she's fucking weird too. She goes, well, that's always hot. So no need. It's so fucking gross. I'm like, ew, if that was my husband, I would be pissed. So we cut back. Gina has laid down these hot towels on like like a massage bed. And Simon is slowly leaning himself down. And in this creepy way, he's saying, I'm feeling the heat. I'm feeling the heat. It's so fucking creepy. And even Gina like kind of laughs. It's like, okay. <laughs> so when the when the weirdo is like thinking you're the weirdo, it's extra weirdo. So she puts some sort of concoction on his face as he lays there and says she's going to go get Alex and let him just enjoy his time. And then we see his confessional and it's just, you can see his controlling side and how he, I'm sure, plays this to Alex too, because I think he controls her. And he said, well, because I've had nearly 10 years longer on this earth than Alex, I've learned to slow down and enjoy myself. And of course, right, you're older, so all of a sudden you're wiser. And then it's time for Alex. She gets a massage and some reflexology on her feet. She explains to Gina that she's just too busy to relax. They're outside by the pool. She's getting her feet rubbed. Gina also then wants to do a reading. I think she's a tarot card reader, psychic or whatever. So she's. we see her giving her a reading, saying that they're going to be acquiring some property. Alex says, I hope that doesn't mean like inheritance or something. And it's kind of like an awkward moment. But finally, the day is over. And then this is something I noticed, and it's a small thing that Simon does, but I don't like it, and I don't like the way he treats Alex in these moments. But as Gina's leaving, he's smothering her. He's got his arms wrapped around her from behind. They're standing there in their towel and cover up. And so finally, she leans into it and kind of plays along with the affection And she leans her head up against his. He's got a little bit left of that face mask on. And the second she plays into his awkward affection, he immediately pulls away and is like, oh, I guess I should just go wash wash my face. And she kind of wipes it off of her forehead. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And kind of plays along with like, oh, yeah, now we're not being affectionate. To me, it's this very manipulative way of keeping her insecure. It's demanding her affection. She gives it to you and then rejecting it to keep her insecure. I don't like it. It's very subtle, but I don't like it. Anyway, thank goodness that is done because now we cut to the Hampton Classic Horse Show where we see Kelly and we hear her explain it's very prestigious and she's getting ready to show in the event. She explains that things have been crazy this month. She sold her horse, which the whole thing seems a bit strange that you would sell your horse knowing you're going to do an event, but apparently she sold her horse and then the horse that she was supposed to lease for the month ended up throwing her And she hurt her leg. So I think now she maybe has a horse that she's just met. She says she was considering pulling out of the event altogether, but, you know, she wants to do it. 
And I and note, of course, she's got the typical riding outfit on, but her shirt, her white shirt under the jacket, in typical socialite fashion, has KKB, Kelly Kalor, and Ben Simone embroidered right on the neck. Very posh, very Hamptons, very elite. So we we cut to seeing her riding in the rink with this horse that she's just met. And she explains she just couldn't get in sync with this horse. She was pulling. She was doing this. And then she falls off the horse. It's it was it's really slow. The horse is basically at a stop and she kind of tips over off of it. But you can tell she's pitched. She's grinding her teeth. She walks off. Then we cut to her with the trainer and the horse. And the trainer says, today you're you're letting anxiety take over. That's that's what you've done today. And I couldn't help but think of Caesar Milan, the dog whisperer. And as he explains, humans are the only animals that will follow an unstable leader. So if you were a horse and Kelly, this very neurotic person, we'll call it, gets on top of you and tries to tell you what to do, would you trust her and do it? I'm just saying, if I was a horse and I just met Kelly, I'm not following instructions from her. But we fade to black and open back up with Luann, Victoria, her daughter, and all of her friends arriving for a going-away lunch for Victoria as she's off to boarding school. And of course, it's at the Hamptons Classic. She's got a table that they're going to have lunch. And I think this scene is one of the best illustrations of how obvious the ladies can be about what they're trying to push and how they start to create a persona around that. Because she's clearly pushing her book, which we haven't heard much about. She mentioned it to Kelly, but we don't know a whole lot yet. But she uses this going away party for for Victoria to be the platform for her to have a refresher of table manners and etiquette for all of the young, what are they, 12, 13 years old ladies there. So then we do see her telling the girl she's going to have a chapter for teens, and she wants to know subjects that they would like. So she's talking with Victoria and her friends for what should be a going away party for Victoria, but has now been hijacked by a class with the Countess manners and etiquette at the table uh, lesson. She gives a history of the knife, why the butter knife is not sharp, and she's just giving them thing after thing. And in typical Luann fashion, she, she's not a comfortable place to learn. She kind of, as they ask questions, she laughs in a condescending way before she answers. And it's just, anyway, it's not very effective, I'll say. And then she mentions that also there's things like chewing with your mouth open, Victoria, which she explains is something Victoria gets caught doing often and it drives her absolutely crazy. So we see them get served lunch. Luann makes a toast and ends with chin chin because she's very worldly, remember? And then we see her confessional where she says, I think they really learned something and fade to black. Classic. So then we cut back to Alex. She's packing up her car. They're getting ready to head back to New York City and go home. We see Simon's confessional saying they got a lot of business done. They made up with Jill. It was a successful trip. But Alex says this was not really relaxing enough for them to call it a vacation because after they do renovations, which is just, they just mentioned that and dropped this little tiny nugget. Like I said, there's little nuggets dropped They drop the little nugget about the house renovation, which we're going to see more in the coming episodes. But she says after the renovation, they're getting ready for a real vacation to St. Bart's, of course. And I say, I feel like Simon is the problem. He's the one that wants to put on the front that they are something that they're not. But he does it in a way where he actually pretends that they're doing those things or pretends to be something else. Where I feel like Alex, who's in my opinion, is just going along with it to support her husband and because he's a bit controlling. 
she does it in such a smarter way because instead of saying, oh, I get loads of treatments at the spa all the time, she admits to not having the treatments, but instead of blaming it on not having money, she blames it on not having time. She takes a much smarter approach to the whole thing, which once you know Alex and Simon goes without saying. So then we cut to Jill and Bethany, and they are heading into the Frankie La Officielle, who, if you know that Frankie becomes a, is a friend of uh, Bethany who does her hair. They're heading into her salon to get ready for the tea dance, which Bethany explains to us is the gay event of the season in the Hamptons. And she also explains that she and Jill are going to get facials, get their hair done, because gays are more critical than anyone. So they've got to make sure they are on point and looking good. So while they're in the uh, the salon, Brad, Jill's gay husband, arrives. He's dressed like a cowboy, but not in any good way. He has like a hat that would look like it would come with a, a 10-year-old's costume. That like cheap kind of like like straw hat with a red trim and a fake red star on the front. And it's almost like too small. And he has some, uh, I don't know, again, horrible style. Could look great as a, as a gay cowboy, but no, he doesn't. And of course, then he flirts with Bethany's beautiful hairdresser, Frank, Frankie, who is like, please, Frankie, Frank. He's like, you have such beautiful eyes. And she'll like, stop it. I'm sure Frankie was like, yeah, no, I'm beautiful. I'm good. <laughs> and then in classic Jill style, she's sitting there. She's getting her hair done. Bethany's sitting there, you know, waiting for her facial to set in or her hair to set in or whatever. And Jill is holding this extension that she explains she's previously wore and got teased. And so I got to give it to Brad. He does have a good line. He's like, is that ginger sitting on your lap? And Brad and Bethany both agree, I think it's time that you need to part ways with that hair extension. And Jill's like, nope, these are like 500 bucks a piece and they can wash it and brush it out. Bethany's like, okay. And then Allie calls and explains that she tripped down the stairs at Versailles. And of course, Jill can't help herself, but flashback to the episode where Allie was leaving to Paris and said, you need to bring sneakers for walking around Europe. And she says, were you wearing sneakers, Allie? And of course, Allie admits, no, I'm short. I was wearing heels. So... Mother's knows, mother knows best. So then we're cutting to scenes. We see they're all getting facials and getting their hair done. They're blow drying their face to kind of set the mask that's on their face. Bethany's given the one line quips that she's getting a blow job. And it looks like they're all having fun. And that leads us into the tea dance, which is at the Diamond Ranch, which remember we've seen at previous epi- in previous episodes for other charity events. It must be a hot spot in uh, the Hamptons at that time to hold your charity event. And because it's a gay event, Bethany walks in with Jill and Luann's there as well. She says, is anyone remotely interested in me? That's all I want to know. Anybody? (laughs) Of course, the answer is no. And we see Bethany's confessional. She says, Luann clearly got the message. She had her fag hag outfit on, big glasses, scarf. She clearly got the gay diva memo. Then we cut to Bethany. She's bartending. She's making drinks for everyone, passing them out. Smart. She's marketing even at the tea dance. And then they all start getting out on the dance floor dancing. We see Bethany explaining in her confessional that Brad just can't dance as we see clips of him poorly dancing. And Bethany's like, how can you be gay and not dance? I mean, come on. And then we see Brad. He's just so weird. He does not understand personal boundaries. He's so touchy touchy and just. And so he, of course, tries to come up behind Bethany and kind of grab her. And she's like, don't touch. No touchy touchy. Police line. Do not cross. And she draws like a personal boundary space around herself. But then it's kind of funny because then it shows how if you're not creepy, people won't react to you like that. Because then Bethany says that then she found her buddy and she's out on the kind of grass and she is getting down and freaking some gay guy who's behind her. She's like bending over, getting super freaky. 
And they're having a blast, but the guy wasn't groping all over Bethany either. So it's like, Brad, take a hint. You can have fun like that and also not have people want to push you away. (laughs) So then we see Bethany, Jill and Luann and Brad. They're all leaving. They're getting ready to head out. Leaving Bethany's like, man, Brad is diarrhea of the mouth. And Jill's like, yeah, I know. Let's walk faster. Maybe we can get away from him. Which I have to say, it's kind of funny, but I also thought it was kind of mean Because I kind of felt like Jill, you know, she always says she wasn't the popular kid. And it's like, and now one of the popular kids is making fun of one of your friends, albeit someone who I do agree is creepy and weird. But now you're just like, yeah, let's let's ditch them. So anyway, we end with Jill and Bethany kind of walking faster and, and Luann and Brad left in the dust as they're kind of all making their way out of the party. So then we cut back to the Hamptons classic where we see Kelly. It looks like we're on a second day of events for her. She explains that Sunday she fell, so today she's hoping to have a better day. And she invited Ramona there. And so Ramona shows up in a support of in a in a show of support for Kelly, which I thought was nice because she's just getting to know her. And so we see Ramona, she's walking to go say hi to Kelly. And I've got to give it to Ramona. Ramona girl, you look good here. Whatever this outfit is, pull it out of the closet and 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 get it back out because it's like this, it's kind of like a Hampton Safari look. She's got these khaki shorts on. Short shorts, of course, and her legs are phenomenal. She's got like an espadrille shoe, kind of a safari looking white crisp jacket that's over it and this really cute hat. She just looks fan-freaking-tastic. She's one of those people that if she walked by, you'd be like, dang, I wish I looked that good. So note to Ramona, if you still have that outfit somewhere, it's still totally stylish. Bring it out. It's, it's, it's endless. It's timeless. So we see Ramona. She's waiting for Kelly outside of the dress barn. Kelly comes out and she literally walks right past Ramona, says absolutely nothing, and then just keeps going. And we see Ramona. She just kind of stands there and looks at the camera and throws her hands up like, I don't know what you want me to do with that. So then they cut to Kelly. She's looking at the course, right? She's kind of standing at the fence, looking at it with her trainer, whoever it is that's helping her. And Ramona just kind of says, hey, Kelly, from afar. Kelly turns around and goes, just, just give me one minute. Just give me one minute. Ramona's like, oh, okay, no problem. I get it. You got to focus. So anyway, then Kelly walks off without saying, just leaving Ramona in the dust again, just standing there. And then Kelly does her, she rides. She does, she shows her horse and she's done. She doesn't fall. She says it was a much better ride. And so afterwards, she then meets with Ramona. She's like, oh, thank you so much for coming. They're talking. Kelly's confessional. She says she was flattered that Ramona came. And then we cut back to them talking. And she cuts Ramona off mid-sentence to say hello to a guy, literally just doesn't even look at her anymore, goes and says hello to a dude and runs off to say hi, leaving Ramona yet again standing there. It's classic Kelly Ben Simone. So then she sits there chatting with the guy. She doesn't even introduce Ramona to him. Ramona's just standing there in the background. And we see Ramona's confessional and she says, in my opinion, it's not good etiquette to just leave someone standing there and not even introduce them. So Ramona's like, okay, finally, that ends. Ramona tells him she's going to leave. Kelly says, you know, thanks for coming. And she does say sorry for being weird in the beginning. So I've got to give a small ounce of credit to her that at least she realizes she was rude in the beginning. Who knows? Maybe producers saved her and told her to say it because it does kind of come out of the blue. But we'll try to give her credit. So we next find ourselves at Russell Simmons house for a art for life event he's having there. We see Ramona and Mario arrive. She looks great. People, it's it's really awesome. It's the grounds of his house. People are dressed like trees. There's these huge floral structures. We see Luann, then she arrives with her niece, not the niece who we've known before, but she says this is the her oldest brother's daughter. 
I don't think we see this niece again. I, I might be wrong, but we also see that New York Governor Patterson, former Governor Patterson is there. I don't know why he would be there at a Russell Simmons event, but politics and entertainment seem to love to intertwine themselves. Aretha Franklin's there. We see her arrive. Then we see Jill arrive. She's with Bobby. Jill's confessional. She explains there's a VIP arrival, the meet and greet. She loves it. She greets Ramona. And then Jill, of course, launches in because Ramona's got this really, really cute, sexy green and white dress on. Luann is in this fabulous white jumpsuit with this beautiful uh, flower in her hair. And Jill's kind of got this this like purple shift dress, nothing great about it. She's, I wish Jill wasn't so self-conscious because she has a great figure, but she wears these Moo style dresses and doesn't show it off and it makes her look unflattering. So she's got this purple dress on and we see her voiceover. She says, look, the events said wear purple. I bent over backwards to make sure I wore something purple, which, okay, Jill, that's a bit hyperbolic. I'm sure you didn't have to truly bend over backwards to find something purple to wear. And she says, but then some of my friends didn't even bother wearing purple. And in her her confessional, we still see Jill's little swipe at Luann. She says, look, but I, I mean, I'm not writing the book on manners. Whew. So anyway, we're back to the party. We see the ladies chat- chatting. Jill asks if she needs some lip filler. Ramona says, absolutely not. And we see Ramona say, look, you know me. I, I'm the honest person, apparently. I would tell you. And Jill's like, yeah, you would. And then we see Ramona's confessional where she says, look, She already has a big personality and talks up a storm with huge lips. It would just be comical. No, we just we wouldn't be able to take it with as much as that woman talks. Then we see Mario and Ramona talking with Jill and Bobby and Mario wants to set up a doubles game with Jill and he's got a professional that he wants to bring to play against Ramona and Mario. And remember, at this time, Mario's just won a over 55 men's national tournament. He's like ranked number five nationally in his age group. He's a really good tennis player. And Jill, of course, she just says, absolutely no way. I'm bringing my own partner. I don't trust you. Why are you so adamant that you have to bring the partner? And I think Jill's missing the point. Mario's the tennis professional. I think he's trying to show that on the show. I don't I don't think he's trying to set Jill up with someone crappy. I think he's trying to set up a situation where he can show that he can bring another professional on. They can be on the show. They can all get the, it would just be really good for them tennis wise, but she misses it. She thinks he's trying to set her up. And we see Ramona's confessional and she says, Mario's really stand up. And I think she means to say upstanding (laughs) Ramona mispronunciation number 8 million. And she says he would never do that to Jill. And then we see Jill say, look, I'm going to bring, I've got some hot young guy. I'll bring him. I want to set him up with Bethany anyway. So that's what we're going to do. And then we cut back to Ramona's confessional where she says, you know, look, people think you'll steal because they would steal. People think you're going to cheat because they'll cheat. People think you'll set them up with the loser because that's what they would do. Because that's what Jill would do. And it's so great because I have to give it to Ramona. I think she calls this one 100%. Jill would be underhanded and vengeful and do something like that. So she's worried about it because she thinks that's what Mario is going to do. But not that because that's who Mario is, but because that's what Jill would do. So we cut back. Ramona's saying to Jill, look, why can't you just have fun, Jill? Come on. And Jill says, oh, if you just want it to be fun, then we'll play with Luann and Bethany. That's fun. And Ramona says, you're so competitive. Come on, just relax. Let it let's just let this happen. But then they cut to Ramona and Jill talking to the New York governor, former Governor Patterson, who is legally blind. And it's interesting because they're showing them talking to her, but there's absolutely no audio. And I feel like if Ramona did really say something 
totally embarrassing, they would have played the audio. But all we get is Jill saying something that, oh my God, Ramona makes my skin crawl because she was like talking about yeah, oh, you're blind? Yeah, me too. I My vision is 180 over 20. I can't see without my glasses. And Jill says, oh my God, I was outraged. She was like having a match with the governor as to who's more blind, him or her without his, her glasses. I just wanted to die. And I'm sure Ramona did say something like that, but it probably wasn't that bad or they just would have played the audio of her saying it, right? I mean, who knows? And we know Jill's gunning for Ramona, so... But then we go back to the Hamptons classic where Victoria is writing and showing and they meet up with Kelly, who's who's already there. So we see Jill introduce Allie to Kelly. We see Kelly say hello to Bethany. They seem to kind of know each other. And so in Bethany's confessional, she explains, look, I've met Kelly like seven times. We say hello, but I don't think we really click. And Bethany explains there's an inauthenticity to Kelly that she just instinctually senses and it's not her thing. So this sets us up for Kelly versus Bethany. Luann then shows up. She's nervous for Victoria. And she says, where's Ramona? She was here yesterday. And she was dressed up in her hat and she had her glass of champagne. And so we see, because I I had this thought, I went, huh, it's funny that Ramona and Kelly have their scene where Ramona shows up to see Kelly do the writing. But then we also know... Luann did the thing for Victoria where she had the table, the luncheon, the the manners and etiquette luncheon for Victoria um, at the Hamptons Classic. And I thought it was strange that there wasn't a scene of them all seeing each other. But apparently there probably was. They just didn't make it to air for this episode. Because here Luann mentions that yesterday, which that was the day, she saw Ramona there. And then we see Luann, she's trying to get a hold of the count. She's trying to get a hold of her husband to see where he is because Victoria is about to show. And then we fade to black. And when we come back, she's calling the count and she explains her husband is driving her crazy. We see the ladies, they're sitting kind of in the the gallery and Victoria starts to show her horse. They come out. The count is not sitting there with them. And of course, then Victoria's horse refuses to jump and she has to leave the ring. She's totally bummed. And then afterwards, we see Luann. She's with Kelly, but it's just her back. The cameras are clearly trying to follow Luann to catch this, and she's clearly trying to separate herself from them. She's on the phone with the Count. She's saying, you missed it. And they're clearly fighting. She's saying, you know, you're at Pascal's or wherever she says, so just go back. She says, look, I texted you. I called you. I tried to let you know you were supposed to be here at two o'clock. You haven't shown up and you missed it. And Bethany, we see her confessional. She says, that's the first time she's ever seen Luann upset. And she was surprised. And then we cut back to Bethany. It looked like maybe Jill was going to go grab Luann, who was standing away with Kelly standing next to her on the phone. So Bethany says, "Uh, hey, Jill, you know what? Luann's on the phone with her husband. And she's saying, why don't you just go back to the bar? And she's really upset. So maybe you shouldn't go over there right now. And then we cut back to Bethany's confessional where she says, the Countess's mantra is never let them see you sweat. So to see her fe- her feathers ruffled in public like this was interesting. And then the final scene of the episode, we see Luann and Kelly standing away. Luann has gotten off the phone and she says to Kelly, well, you don't have to worry about that anymore. Lucky bitch. Talking about being married. And then we cut to black and the episode ends. And it's such a foreshadowing of things to come. Well... That about does it for our deep dive into Roni Season 2, Episode 3, On Their High Horses. Join us next time as we break down Roni's Season 2, Episode 4, if you have nothing nice to say. 
And as always, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Deep Fix Podcast. And you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, and most other places you get your podcasts. Until next time, see y'all then.